0: It's the No Name Never Podcast.
3: Hello, and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast, and it's a very special Halloween edition because, of course, we're previewing the weekend's game on Saturday, the thirty-first of October, twenty twenty, Chelsea at home. On All Hallows Eve. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman Rovers. Robert Rovers. Rovers Roberts <laughs> Dave, hello, how are you, my dear? Hello,
1: Natalie, I'm very well. How are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you. I've been made even better by opening my script for this evening's show <laughs> and having all of the, the script decorated with Halloween pumpkins and things, which as a Halloween fan cheered me up immensely, so uh, I was very happy about that. Um, Dave, we've just come off um, re- recording this week's um, transfer talk special, the, the the main show, and I it's all very up in the air at the moment isn't it i'm assuming you've been following all of the transfer talk that's not transfer the takeover Takeover. talk
1: that's been going Mm. on
3: yeah how are you feeling
1: um well a little bit nervous i think a little bit nervous when the um original announcement came out when it was leaked or um came out regarding the uh, american involvement from alk and then obviously there's uh, a new kid on the block a new uh, potential suitor in there as well um Seems on the face of it a little bit worrying, but I guess we don't know everything that's going on Um, and we have to put a little bit of trust in someone who's been involved at the football club for a long time and has the best uh, interest of the club at heart. So um, I'm kind of nervous, but also in the back of my mind thinking, well, it'll all come out in the wash. It's one of those things that's going to... come to a head at some point no doubt but I think that um, we need to know all the facts I think we don't know a lot of facts at the moment and perhaps there are other things going on that we don't know 100% about.
3: Yeah I think that's fair I mean I'm not it's it's gonna be very difficult this whole concept of of, having owners that have got the club's best interests at heart all owners who own football clubs are in there just to try and make it a success and to use it to not necessarily make money, but certainly to use the opportunity in the brand to launch other projects or get exposure for other things. Unless we sell to another Burnley fan, we aren't going to get any owner who's got nothing but the club's interests at heart. I think the only thing that we can hope for is somebody who is going to be a responsible owner who has got the wealth and the funding behind them to be able to to keep the, the finances in order. Um, and I think, I think, from my view, I think um, I'm not as concerned with the American takeover. I think they've got enough background in sports science and recruitment and and development that they would be perhaps a better suitor than than the other party that's come out today. So yeah, you're right, Dave. I think we just need to let the dust settle, don't we, and see what comes on. Um, we've obviously got a quiz question that we need to to give to our listeners. Um, at the end of the show but we need to give the answer first to last week's question Um, so let's move on to that before we start looking at that Chelsea home game Dave Um, in last week's preview show, um, the the Spurs preview show you asked our listeners in which season did Burnley knock Spurs out of the League Cup following a 2-1 win at Turf Moor what was the answer Dave?
1: Uh, the answer was at uh, 2002/03 that was a it was actually a 2-1 win uh, with second half goals from Robbie Blake and Steve Davis uh, Gus Poyet had scored for uh, Tottenham in the first half and we got two goals back in the second half and we won 2-1 and gone through to the uh, the next round and we had some correct answers Ooh, who were they? Uh, well, we had Matt Riggs, who's in touch with the correct answer, oh. as was John Robertson, and also Bob Silverose, who I need to offer an apology to, because he'd also been in touch with the correct answer for our previous quiz question, uh, but I'd neglected to mention his name when we did the name checks on the last preview show. So Bob Silverose uh, has been in touch via email and got the answers for the last two quiz questions right.
3: Well done, Bob Silverose, and I will... Severely punish Startman Dave for you, Bob, for for ignoring you. Uh, Matt Riggs is a nice name to see pop up as well. Matt's uh, Matt's been somebody we've been interacting with for a good many years now. The follower of none and ever, and uh, I didn't realise he listened to the previous show. So, um, and I don't think he's submitted a quiz answer before. So, I like that. It's nice to have a regular, friendly name from our fan base. Who I, I say I would not none and ever's fan base. I mean the Burnley fan base. Um, I don't. Um, so it's nice to it's nice to see those names come through. So well done, you three. Um, I didn't get this, but mainly because I wasn't really paying attention to the quiz question last week, and I kind of had to wing it and get Dave off the line. So hold on to the end of the show because Dave is going to have next week's homework to set for you with another tantalising quiz question.
1: A themed quiz question.
3: Oh, a themed quiz question.
1: <gasps> well, with Halloween Ooh. theme. Yes.
3: Oh, this is exciting. I can't wait quick oh, question opposition stats okay so let's move on then then to the to the actual game itself dave as i said at the, the top of the show it's chelsea at home saturday the, thir- the 31st of october it's a 3pm kick off and this time it is live on bt sport box office we'll talk about that another day um why don't you kick us off then dave by talking about the recent history between the two sides including last season's meeting i believe
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, for this season we're looking at recent games, we're looking at everything that's happened uh, at home, because we're playing Chelsea at home since 2009-10, and they visited Turf Moor on six occasions, and all six of those games were Premier League fixtures. Um, Although we have won at Stamford Bridge during that time, uh, we've yet to beat Chelsea at Turf Moor during the same period. Uh, There's been just one draw in our home games in the last decade – And that was in February 2017, when the score was 1-1. And we will talk in a little bit more detail about that game shortly. But all the other five home games against Chelsea in the last decade have ended in victories for the visitors. Um, Last season's game took place just over a year ago. That was on the 26th of October 2019, and Chelsea were 4-2 winners on that occasion. Uh, that included a Christian Pulisic hat trick. Uh, Burnley were trailing 4-0 late in the game, but we scored two late goals from Jay Rodriguez and Dwight McNeil, which gave the score the final score a bit more of a look of respectability. But it was uh, another fairly convincing win for uh, for Chelsea again. Um,
3: what about Burnley's last win then?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, because we haven't beaten Chelsea at Turf Moor in the last decade, Uh, we have to go back a little bit further in time to find our last home win. Um, And it's over 37 years ago, in fact, uh, to a second division match. Uh, That was the 23rd of April, 1983, and Burnley won the game 3-0. Billy Hamilton scored twice, and there was also a Terry Donovan penalty in between those two Billy Hamilton goals. Uh, Brian Laws a name we remember, Uh, he missed a penalty for Burnley early in the second half. He ballooned the ball over the crossbar. Uh, But when Burnley were awarded a second spot kick later in the second half, uh, as we've mentioned already, it was Terry Donovan who took responsibility instead and uh, he converted the second penalty we got. Um, Despite that emphatic win, uh, as well as some barnstorming cut performances that season, Burnley were relegated to the third division at the end of that campaign.
3: Oh, boo. That's a sad note to, to end that section on. Um, what about Burnley's last top flight win then, please?
1: Uh, well, yes, we've got to go even further back in time. We're going way, way back here Um, uh, for our last top flight home win over Chelsea. And that was over 47 years ago. Uh, that was the 28th of August 1973. Uh, it was a 1-0 win and Frank Casper scored the goal. Uh, That was in the 80th minute, uh, so we left it late in that game. Um, It was actually the second league game of the 1973-74 season. Uh, We'd already beaten Sheffield United away on the opening weekend, so it meant the Clarets were top of the first division following the win over Chelsea with two wins out of two. Excellent. Highlights and lowlights.
3: Moving on to the first of our new features then for this season, what is the highlight that you're
1: Giving us this week? Uh, Yeah, we have a. uh, Well, it's uh, difficult to pick out highlights when we haven't had too many wins, but we've picked a a moment from a game. Um, So, bearing in mind our our poor record, um, we've got to pick out a particular one. We've gone for uh, Robbie Brady's free kick from February 2017. Um, He only only arrived a few weeks earlier, if you remember. He was a deadline Mm. day signing for Norwich City. Um, He actually made his debut as a substitute, he came on uh, in the defeat at Watford. The previous week, but he certainly showed the Turf Moor crowd what he was capable of, with a curling free kick from 25 yards, uh, went kind of over and around the wall and into the top corner, uh, beyond the reach of Thibaut Courtois. Uh, that goal was an equaliser. Chelsea had taken an early lead uh, through Pedro in the seventh minute. Uh, If you remember at the time as well, Chelsea were flying high at the top of the Premier League and it was a creditable draw and a point. It was a really good uh, performance for us, Uh, capped off of course, by the uh, highlight of Robbie Brady's memorable free kick.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Actually, Dave quite nicely puts little videos, little clips um, next to the into the show notes and next to my script. And as, as he was just talking away with him, that. I've just literally got Robbie Braid's free kick on loop, um, and uh, hopefully, uh, producer Matt will remember to put that out with the the tweet because it's a beauty. Um, it was wide, um,
1: didn't it? Really wide of the goal. It than, was, uh, yeah,
3: it really yeah. was. I don't know how it's curled back in because it looks like it's going. I genuinely think it just completely confuse the key because it looked like it was going miles wide. Anyway, um second of our new features then, what is the low light? Don't like this section, but we need to go with it.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we had to choose a low light. Uh, so we've gone for uh, Burnley's heaviest ever home defeat against Chelsea. That's a selection for, uh, for this week's low light. Um, the first half of the 2018-2019 season uh, was one to forget. After we'd finished seventh the previous season and we'd got into the qualification rounds of the Europa League, uh, we got off to a sluggish start with a disappointing series of results in the league. Uh, and that included a 4-0 defeat to Chelsea at Turf Moor at the end of October. Um, Alvaro Morata scored the only goal in the first half and with a single goal deficit at the interval uh, there still was some hope that we might get a result and turn things around Uh, but second half goals from Ross Barkley, uh, Willian and also Ruben Loftus-Cheek gave the visitors an emphatic win on what was a disappointing night at Turf Moor from a Burnley perspective
3: yeah let's let you know that one we'll we'll put we'll fire that one away in things we don't need to think about anymore heroes and villains who is the third of our new features then who is our hero for this fixture day
1: Uh, well again we've gone back in time a little bit for this one to pick out a hero for this episode of the preview show and that player and our hero for this week is andy lockhead Um, Hat tricks are a rarity in football. Uh, Burnley players have only ever scored 170 of them in the club's entire history. So it's kind of averaging out maybe just over one a season. Um, However, there's only a handful of Burnley players who've scored five goals in the same game. Uh, One player, Louis Page, scored six in a game at Birmingham in 1926. But there are five other Burnley players who have scored five in a game. They are Jimmy Ross, Joe Anderson, Jimmy Robson and more recently Paul Barnes, but Andy Lockhead did it twice. And Although he later scored five in a cup match against Bournemouth in 1966, Andy Lockhead's first five-goal haul for Burnley was in a 6-2 win against Chelsea in April 1965. Burnley were 4-1 up at half-time, and Andy Lockhead grabbed his first half hat-trick just before the interval. Willie Irving had also scored for Burnley, with Ron Harris getting a goal back, for Chelsea with a free kick. Uh, there were two more second-half goals for Lockhead, with a Peter Houseman goal for Chelsea in between, which gave Burnley an emphatic 6-2 win. Uh, so I'm sure you'll agree this feat is worthy of Andy Lockhead being chosen as our hero for this week.
3: Absolutely. Um, on the flip side then, the next of our new features, who is the villain
1: Boo, our Ooh. villain this week is the player who scored the winning goal in the match between the two teams at Turf Moor at the end of January 2010. Uh, this player had been in the news at the time for his off field conduct, but he put that behind him and scored a late winning goal to dent Bur- Burnley's ambitions of surviving in our first season back in the Premier League. Have you guessed yet who it is, or do I need to tell you that this week's villain is Johnson?
3: I was going to say, is it somebody who likes dressing up in in his kit when he's not playing?
1: He's that's the one. Yes, John uh, Terry John is our villain of the week. Um, this was Brian Lawsy's actually actually Brian Lawsy's first home game since being appointed as replacement to Owen Coyle. Uh, we'd suffered uh, defeats at the hands of Manchester United and Bolton in away matches, and we'd also been knocked out at Reading in the FA Cup. And the games weren't getting any easier. Uh, Chelsea took the lead through Nicholas Anelka but Stephen Fletcher did well to equalise and get Burnley back into the game. However, eight minutes from the end, Frank Lampard won over a corner, which John Terry headed in past Brian Jensen to give the visitors all three points. So that is why we've picked out John Terry as this week's villain.
3: And for the second preview show running as well, I'm making quite a horrible claim. I just genuinely dislike John Terry. Who was it last week? It was Deli Alley last week, wasn't it? I didn't like it. It was John Terry. I don't like John Terry either. Um... One of the bad one of the, the disappointing things about Villa doing so well this season is that he's involved in that I don't like him. It's the one to watch. Um let's move on then. So we've flipped to more positive things. Who is going to be um our one to watch?
1: Well, yeah, I want to watch another new feature this season and we are persisting with it. It's a rather a, a marmite one. Um so we're gonna go with it at least for the first half of the season mm-hmm. as we highlight one opposition player to keep an eye on for our next game. Uh, for this week, we've gone for Angolo uh, Kante. He came to prominence with Leicester City, as they took almost everyone by surprise in winning the Premier League title in 2015-16. He signed for Leicester City in August 2015 for a fee believed to be around £5.5 and, and his contributions from, from midfield were a massive part of why that Leicester team was so successful that season. Despite winning the title, the Foxes couldn't hold on to their midfield general, and he made a £32 million move to Chelsea in the summer of 2016 and achieved the relatively rare feat of back-to-back Premier League winners' medals with two different teams as Chelsea went on to win the title that season. The main strength of Angola Cante are his tackling and the ability to make interceptions, uh, but then also to turn those defensive aspects into attack, not to mention his ability for a range of accurate passing. He's a vital cog in the Chelsea midfield and certainly will be one to watch on Saturday.
3: And in true preview, style. watch out for the hat-trick incoming because Dave tends to jinx us with these. So you keep saying that you're going to persist with this at least to the first half. I might just... If if, he, if this is bad again this week, I'm going to can it. I keep wondering. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Finally then, Dave, who's going to be refereeing the game at the weekend?
1: Uh, Someone familiar, we've got uh, David Coote back again. He's going to be in charge of our match against Chelsea at Turf Moor on Saturday afternoon. And it'll be the second time he's taken charge of a Burnley match this season. As you may recall, he was the referee for our match at Newcastle United earlier this month. I don't know why they come round so soon. You thought they'd spread them out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but uh, prior to that, Burnley had only lost one of his previous nine matches in charge. So that's now become two from 10 with the defeat at Newcastle. Uh, we've had four wins and four draws in the other games. and um, He's yet to send off any players in any of his previous Burnley matches. Um, we also saw him in the middle uh, Anfield for our 1-1 draw against Liverpool towards the end of last season. And his last visit to Turf Moor, uh, as a referee, was in September of last year when Burnley beat Norwich 2-0. Um, Anthony Taylor is in charge, who, who was in charge of our straw at West Brom. He's going to be the uh, video assistant referee on Saturday.
3: Excellent. Well, we're not going to leave it there, Dave, especially not with it being a nice themed week and a bit of a special. You, We know our listeners need to tune up with what's been going on this week. So why don't you delve into that? Big bag of Statman Dave and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week.
1: Yeah, well, our stat of the week for this week is uh, Halloween related. As we've said already, Saturday is Halloween. And in recent years, it's been quite a lucky date for Burnley. Uh, We're unbeaten on October the 31st in the last 25 years with seven matches played. Four at Turf Moor and three away. Those seven games have resulted in seven wins, and Burnley have only conceded two goals. For those who are interested, those seven wins were against Peterborough, Wrexham, Barnet in the FA Cup, Crewe, Luton, Hull City, and Huddersfield. In addition, Burnley and Chelsea have also met once before on October 31st. That was back in 1964. It was a match at Stamford Bridge, and Burnley won that match too. The score was 1 0. And Willie Irving scored the only goal in the 51st minute. Um, And we will come back to the subject of one of these Halloween matches again later when we uh, set the quiz question at the end of the show.
3: Excellent. Well, before we have a look at what we think is going to happen at the weekend, uh, we also managed to speak to some Chelsea fans this weekend and spoke to Chelsea Fancast, who gave us their view ahead of the game. Opposition View.
2: This is Stamford Chidge from the Chelsea Fancast, uh, which is a weekly podcast on Chelsea. We've been going for about 12 years. uh, And great to talk to the No Name Never podcast boys. Um, So Chelsea, the season so far, uh, am I happy with the points return? Well, yeah, I am still very happy. We've got Frank Lampard in charge. And for me, that's massively important um, to have such a great guy so connected with the club in charge. And of course, the other thing is we've spent... A huge amount of money on some really exciting players to add to some of the brilliant players we've got coming through from the academy, people like Mason Mount, of course. Um, Of course, it's it's early days, and I I, I would absolutely accept that Chelsea haven't set the world on fire yet this season. We're sitting in 10th. It was disappointing to draw against Southampton. Uh, It was disappointing to draw against West Brom, particularly conceding three goals in both of those matches. Uh, the Liverpool match was a bit of a disaster for the you know, for Kepper related reasons. But, you know, it's 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 building slowly is what I would say. Um having Mendy in goal and silver in the defence has clearly made a huge difference and to get the you know, the two goal uh, you know, the the two clean sheets against Sevilla and Man United in the last couple of weeks has been excellent. Um he needs to sort the midfield out and, and get it gelling with the attack and it was really pleasing to see what happened. Uh, this week against Krasnodar uh, when we won 4-0. But I think the key to that was the fact that we went 4-3-3. We played Kante at the uh, you know the defensive midfield role. We had Mount and Havertz in midfield, and I thought they played really, really well. And that actually helped to get uh, the much-vaunted attack of Werner and Pulisic and Ziyech all clicking. So, you know, I think it will come. I, I think there'll be a, f- a few, you know, bumps in the road. Uh, you kind of get that when you 're trying to gel basically you know nearly six new players into the side, so you know i 'm happy with the progress and i think I think that that we 're really building towards something but i 'm prepared to be to be pretty patient and just to wait to see that develop uh so there you go um yeah, I mean the trip to russia uh was interesting wasn 't it because as I said, you know we played four, three, three in the end, and I really hope. That the uh, the the penny has dropped with Frank, and that actually I think that that pretty much the, the team that ended that match uh, is Chelsea's best eleven. So providing they're all fit and they're not too knackered after the exertions uh, of uh, flying to and uh, turn from Russia, hopefully he will he will start the same team. So that for me would be Mendy in goal. Uh, it would be Chilwell, Zuma, and Silva and James. I think James will get ahead of uh, Aspie Aspi having played against Krasnodar, uh, the three in midfield, Kante, Mountain, Havertz, and Pulisic, Werner, and Ziyech up front, uh, that for me is our best team, and I think that's our best formation, it's the one that basically, uh, you know, reduces the gap between uh, midfield and our attacking players, and will get the most out of them, so I really hope that's, that that's what he'll go with uh, on Saturday. As for your lot, well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of, of big, so-called big teams, you know, they get this kind of fear of going up to Turf Moor. I mean, I've been up there a few times, and it's one of the coldest places I've ever been on earth. But it's a great place to go, proper old stadium, great atmosphere. Uh, and I shall miss not being there on Saturday, like so many people are missing football around the country these days. But in, in, in reality, it's a bit of a myth. I mean, we do pretty well when we go up to Burnley, I, I think. You know, the last time you took points off us was quite a while ago. Um, Just trying to remember when it was, actually. I seem to remember a draw uh, not too long ago up there. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, we do pretty well. And having said that, there are a lot of players that do, you know, potentially worry me a little bit uh, about Burnley. Um, Among them, I mean, you know, uh, Dwight McNeil scored against us last year, and he's a good player. Ashley Barnes, a uh, difficult player to play against, um, you know, Nick Pope. I mean, that that's a worry in the sense that he's capable of having an absolute worldie and, and shutting us out, which would be a bit of a worry. Uh, Chris Wood's a decent player too. I mean, you know, I've got a lot of time for, for Sean Dyche and what he what he's done at Burnley and the way he cobbles this team together and they fight and they'll kick you. And they'll be really tough to play against. And uh, but they've got they've got some talent too. I mean, you know, Jay Rodriguez, of course, fancy not mentioning him. I think he's a good player, and he scored a worldie against us last season. So, you know, they are not to be taken lightly, and we have to be at it a hundred percent and pre- be prepared to get stuck in. Otherwise, we could come back uh, with uh, you know with a bit of a flea in our ear in in some respects. So, yeah, you know, there's there's plenty to worry us. I think uh, in terms of the Burnley side. Having said that, as I said, uh, you know we we have done pretty well up there historically in the last few seasons. I think the fact that we've got silver and Mendy in defence has really shored things up there. But I do think a lot will depend on on who he picks on Saturday. I would love to see him go four three three again with Kante, Havertz, and Mount. And if he does that, and and I think if the the attack clicks like it did against Krasnodar. In the second half, I think we'll get some goals. So I'm going to go 3-1 Chelsea, much to your annoyance, no doubt. But there you go. Um, And and I mentioned a minute ago, didn't I? It's a great shame that we can't be up there because it's a a great place to go and watch football. And as I said, I will miss that. And of course, they're stiffing us. The Premier League are stiffing us all with this bloody PPV uh, to cough up 15 quid for the match. I mean, I'm, I'm also a member of the supporters' trust, the Chelsea supporters' trust. So like a lot of the other Premier League trusts, we've been trying to encourage people to boycott pay-per-view and spend the money instead on a food bank and uh, we've been contributing to food banks at the local food bank down here for about three or four years and it's it's great to see so many other supporters doing the same around the country and uh, hopefully it will make the Premier League and the greedy clubs of which one of whom is mine, of course, think again and, uh, you know, certainly we need to see the live games on TV particularly as we can't go. I think that's hugely important uh but you know not don't stiff us 15 quid a pop i mean something like five quid would be more reasonable i suspect but basically it, the short answer is i think it's an absolute bloody disgrace that they're ripping the fans off yet again anyway that's enough from me waffling on uh, enjoy the rest of your podcast I uh, wish you luck for tomorrow and on a, on a side note i hope burnley stay up and i i've got a lot of time for sean dyche um and I think if uh, you get relegated, he'll be missed. Um, he's a, And so will Burnley. So there we go. Anyway, good luck, chaps. And uh, thanks for letting me come on.
3: Interesting stuff. So what's your heart telling you, David? Don't be giving me no. It's going to be a draw nonsense. Lay it out for me. I'm going to stop you being politicians answering. I'm going to make you more decisive. How are you, how are you feeling about the weekend? Can we get a result?
1: Uh, I think we're going to lose
3: oh oh okay i didn 't expect you to literally take that to heart <laughs> Wow <laughs> okay no 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 dave it 's all right you can you can predict a journal on a jockey yeah um it's well, actually, you say that one of the things that I said in the in the main show, I think Dave, is that um do you not feel a little bit more heartened by well, firstly the terrible game that Chelsea played against United last week, which was just kind of dull. Um, but also from from Burnley's performance against Spurs I feel like now is a chance to be getting some points on the board I think
1: um yeah, I mean, I, I, I predicted a draw if you remember in the uh, in the Spurs game, and we were there wasn't too much in the game. Though. I think mm. there were two real chances. We had Should one headed off the line. Uh, I think it deserved to be a draw. That would have been a yeah. fair result in the um, in the game. If anything, we had more of the chances, but obviously um, Tottenham had their chance and they uh, they took it. Um, so I think a draw would have been a fair result. I think Chelsea might be a, a tougher prospect. I think to do that again, two games running um might be more difficult they might open us up uh, a little bit more though obviously um tottenham before you know they'd um, they were scoring for fun away from home um, we have to do the same again we have to be as um as rigorous as as we were um against tottenham against chelsea on on saturday um and that's not to say if i'm saying i think we may lose that's not to say we we will i think there's there's a there's a good chance that burnley can do the same again and and we could um we could get a result but um it's head and heart. I think um head saying that mm. um these are tough games. We know Chelsea have got a very good record <coughs> against does it get uh, turf more in the past. Um it's gonna be a real toughie on Saturday.
3: Yeah. Bit of a blow as well not having good Munson again.
1: Yeah another injury that was that came out in the uh, press conference today didn't it? Yeah.
3: We're we'll gonna be playing Eric Peters on the wing aren't we? not good you've got to say this we've got to look at the, this i know it's it's unsettling as all this takeover talk dave but if we can get some new owners in before january and get this squad strengthened we've just we've got to get some cover we it is appalling that we are still managing on the threadbare squad that we are
1: really yeah i mean is. we well we've had difficulty as well obviously with uh, phil Bardsley um out for mm. his uh, uh covid diagnosis as well so that's another one with uh we've lost so it's I mean, teams are going to get that this season, but um, it affects us more with having a, a smaller squad than some of the other teams.
3: Yeah, true. OK, so you're going to predict it a loss. What's your actual score prediction, Dave?
1: Um, I'm going to say 2-1 to Chelsea.
3: Excellent. I'm going to say 1-1. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go with the Dave. The Dave draw, as it's known as. Um, let us know what your predictions are ahead of the game. If you are listening to this before Saturday's kickoff, um, tweet us at known and Ever or send us an email at podcast at and net and let us know how you think the Clarets will get on. Fantasy Premier League update. So we've got a small matter of the known and ever Fantasy Premier League to go through, Dave. Why don't you talk us through what on earth has been happening to our managers and their teams since we last spoke?
1: Yeah, well, last week was game week six, even though some teams have still only played five games. Um, and our top five, we've had, got two non-movers at the top. I think the first time we've uh, not had any movement at the uh, at the top of the uh, the league. So we've got David Miller um, is still uh, position one with 412 points. And Joanne Butterworth is in second place with 399. And they've got a little bit of movement after that. We've got Dale Hitchens gone up to third place, 397 points. Uh, Matthew Blackburn's gone down one to fourth with 394 points. And Graham Jennings, who wasn't in the top five last week, he's gone up uh, 386 points. So they're our top five managers in the No Name Ever League at the moment.
3: Excellent. So what about highest scoring players? Who's been, who were the main movers and shakers in that sense?
1: Uh, well, looking through the list, it was not as obvious. I mean, sometimes you get team, uh, teams who've got um, scores in the sort of 80s and 90s. There wasn't anything standing out last week. It must have been a bit more of a leveller, I think. Uh, Simon Fisher, from what I could see, with 77 points, appears to be the highest scoring player in the no Near never League for game week six. Um, and if you're interested in how you've done, Natalie, have you been paying attention to? I
3: have.
1: You've gone up again.
3: I have. I'm not on the bottom anymore.
1: You're not in the uh, in the relegation zone any longer. No, You've got two places final. from 240. That's assuming only. I think if we have 240 in there, more than three go down, though, don't they? No. <laughs> when
3: did we decide that?
1: It should be proportional, shouldn't it, to the size of the league? So, like, no, 30, I don't agree to that. To get relegated, yeah.
3: No, I'm vetoing that. Hosts <laughs> privileges. No, it's bottom three. Gosh, to be a heart attack, Dave. Um, what about the rest of the? Well, actually, where, where do you? Where were you? I don't want to know, do I? You're miles ahead of me.
1: Uh, well, you got more points than me, but I did go up. I I, I went up twenty places from 188th to 168th. I got 53 points the week. You actually got 57. Um, in terms of uh, other movers and shakers in there, uh, Richard Steele uh, fell to 83rd place, but he's still the highest place manager amongst the uh, No and never podcasters. Uh, And Bennett Howarth, who's our reigning champion, fell to 127th place. And just to illustrate how tight it is in the middle of the table, uh, that's only 17 points ahead of me in 168th. So it's really, really tight. And you have one good or bad week and have a massive effect on the uh, position in the table at this stage of the season. It just proves there's everything still to play for.
3: A bit like the bake-off. Bake one bad cake and you can be gone. Pick one bad player and you can fall down that table. Okay, uh, Rich, yeah. Richard. Richard Steele's taking a week off on holiday. I don't, I don't remember getting a holiday request for Richard Steele to have on holiday, by the way, or authorising it. But yeah, Richard's, uh, Richard's on holiday this week and he's just been sending us pictures in the uh, non-Never Teams group chat of him sunning himself with a beer. And he's, uh, I might not let him come back. Not only is he the top uh, manager from the team, but he's also somewhere hot with a beer so yeah you might not see Richard Steele again (laughs) um what about the team of the week then Dave in terms of the actual players themselves can you give us any information about that
1: uh yeah the highest scoring player overall for game week six was um well we've actually got a couple in there but the the highest scoring player overall was an ex-Claret um who we coincidentally signed on a season-long loan from this weekend's uh, opponents, Chelsea, Mm. at the start of the 2016-17 season. Um, It's fair to say that move didn't really work out for either side and the loan was ended early in the January of that season. Uh, That player, of course, is Leeds United's Patrick Bamford who now seems to have discovered his scoring touch in the Premier League, including a hat-trick in Leeds' 3-0 win over Aston Villa last weekend. Um, whether he maintains his current run of goal-scoring form or just turns out to be this season's team Pukki, only time will tell. Excellent.
3: Um, so, what about the actual kings of Game Week Six? Then, well, I think we've got a list of those that we can read out. Who were the actual players themselves? Dave.
1: Yeah, in terms of the, the uh, eleven, they've they've uh, listed on the uh, on the FPL website. Uh, we've got a goalkeeper, uh, Kasper Schmeichel, was the uh, high scoring goalkeeper, um, and then the formation de- changes depending on who the high scoring players were. So, we've got three defenders, five midfields, and two forwards. Uh, We've got uh, Zuma of Chelsea, uh, Cock of Leeds and uh, James of Chelsea. So we've got a couple of Chelsea players in there. Uh, In midfield, we've got Zahar of Crystal Palace, uh, Ward Prowse, Southampton. Uh, Son, obviously, uh, who uh, was playing against us. He was uh, in the midfield. He got 11 points. Um, Riedervald of Crystal Palace and also Murphy of Newcastle. Um, and then the two strikers, we mentioned uh, Patrick Bamford already. Uh, the other striker was an ex claret as well, of course. That was uh, Danny Ings. Uh, he scored uh, 10 points. That was the, uh, the 11 players, the kings of game week uh, six, which would have got you 115 points if you had all those 11 players.
3: Could you get all of those 11 players in, though, in the budget?
1: because uh, i always think that possibly not yeah possibly not i haven't thought about that actually That's, yeah uh, mm, maybe i'm not sure
3: it's all very well having them all but if they all cost more than what you're i like think to you, get them, i think know. you probably
1: would because there's not there's not a, like a salar or um a de Bruyne in there so you possibly would be able to true
3: i might do a very quick calculation um Burnley so players. yeah yeah sorry my brain left for a minute There was I was genuinely you heard the grey matter ticking over I was like I wonder if you could fit all of those people anyway I, I'm distracted listeners I'm sorry what about Burnley pa- <laughs> Dave's like Natalie are you okay what's happening um my, my mind just wandered somewhere else I forgot that I was on air for a moment um podcast pro what about Burnley players Dave how are the clarets performing
1: Uh, Well, we have had six game weeks now, although some teams, including Burnley, have only played five. As we mentioned, we thought it would be a good time to give you a quick update of the high-scoring Burnley players. Mm. Uh, The top five is as follows. Uh, Nick Pope has 17 points. Uh, Ashley Westwood just behind on sixteen. Chris Wood's got 14, and Dwight McNeil and Charlie Taylor have both got 13. But looking at those scores, um, those season-to-date scores are similar to what some players have got in one week. I mean, Patrick Bamford got 17 last week. That's as many as Nick Pope has got in all the game weeks so far. So uh, Burnley players aren't doing too well. We aren't scoring too many goals and uh, keeping too many clean sheets, although we did get the one against uh, West Brom. So that's uh, something to improve on as, uh, as the weeks go on.
3: Yeah definitely Well obviously it is still the early stages at the moment But we are starting to see some pattern developing in the league So keep going managers um, And we'll start getting to to the nitty gritty And seeing some pockets of performances And and results coming our way Um, It is a marathon not a sprint As Dave told me to remind you Um, But you'll be able to see What happened in game week 7 In our next preview show Which is ahead of our game at Brighton Statman Dave's quiz question And to close us off then, Dave, we have the quiz. What question, what homework are you setting our listeners for this week, please?
1: Right, well, as we said before, our quiz question this week is Halloween-related and does relate to a a particular past Burnley match on that date. Um, It's exactly 21 years on Saturday since Burnley played in the first round of the FA Cup. Uh, That was at Barnet on October 31st, 1999. The Clarets won that match 1-0 but which player scored the winning goal? Hmm. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Anyone under the age of 21 has never seen Burnley play in the first round of the FA Cup. That's depressing.
3: Well, our our very own George Poole is only 18, isn't he? He's just gone to university this year. So George has never seen Burnley play in the first round of the FA Cup. Man. Way to go, Dave. What a question to set. Why don't you tell our listeners how they submit their correct answers,
1: please? Uh, yes, as usual, you can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at NoNayNever. Uh, email us, podcast at no, nay, never.net, Or you can reply to the post of this preview show on the no, nay, Never Facebook page and we'll reveal the correct answer at the next at the start of the next preview show
3: we absolutely will and actually much prefer it actually guys if you did send me a DM on Twitter rather than put it in the mentions just because as you can imagine we get tagged into all sorts of random stuff not just Burnley fans but we get tagged into polls and links and articles and we often get tagged into um, other fans content as well Um, so we don't always see them Um, so if you are going to respond on Twitter actually it would probably be better if you send us a DM that would be great Um,
1: plus plus it also means you're not giving the answer away for everyone else to see as well
3: that's very true I didn't even think of that I could have literally been looking on the thread to see what the question was what the answer was to the question Yes, exactly see I'm not a cheater that's why no cheater bits here um, and finally um, one of the things that we do want to close out this show with is a bit of an appeal please if you can um, once again this Saturday's match is going to be a pay per view offering um, controversial at the moment and is obviously the, the source of much debate among fan group and as I mentioned in the main show we are getting Liam um, back on the show shortly to give us an update from the Clarets Trust as to what the Clarets or um, the fan groups are doing to help get rid of this and, and or even if it can't get rid of set a, a fairer price um, following on from us mentioning it ahead of the West Brom game a couple of weeks ago uh, we do know that there's a growing number of fans who've chosen to donate to the food bank rather than pay the 14 95 for the game um, that is a, an initiative that none and ever strongly supports we are big supporters of the food bank we were scheduled to actually man the, the bins outside Turf Moor for a session um, just before lockdown and unfortunately covid delayed that but we will be picking that up again once we're all back in the stadiums so if you have the means and you are able and you feel that you would like to support this cause um there will be uh well actually i'm going to ask dave now to give you the link to the burnley fc community kitchens food bank just giving page please
1: yeah the website address is justgiving.com forward slash campaign forward slash support burnley food bank that's all one word Um, and you can donate any amount all donations will be used to help the most vulnerable in the town in these uncertain times
3: Excellent. Thank you. Well, that is all we have time for this week. And my thanks as ever go to Statman Dave, Dave Roberts for his just insane amount of work he puts into the preview show and the joy that he brings to us every Friday. So thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure as always. Um, to Chelsea Fancast for giving us their preview ahead of this week's show. Um, to, Turf Moors Stadium announcer, Dominic Walker, for his specially recorded previous show announcements. If you remember from our social media pages, as we can't get to the turf, we're bringing the turf to you with that wonderfully recognisable voice that we all love and miss massively. So thank you very much, Dominic. Um, producer Matt, as ever, he's had to do a double hit this week because of everything that's been going on. We've ended up doing back-to-back podcasts. So um, apologies, Matt, for putting you under pressure in the editing suite tomorrow. But thank you, as ever, for getting that done. But finally, to you, the listener, for downloading and listening and supporting the preview show, your support is very much appreciated, and we would not be here without you. Um, there's no travelling fans to the game again, obviously on Saturday, but wherever you are watching, if you do choose to to pay for the game, um, enjoy it, support the boys, and hopefully we will be back next Tuesday. Um, looking forward, to, well, analysing a good game and looking forward to actually having four points on the board and not just one. Um, and Dave and I will be back next Friday to look ahead to that Brighton game. So we might you... have to be
1: early because it's on. It's been moved to Friday, hasn't it? Now, That's oh, of that course
3: one. it has, hasn't it? It's on the. So it's a, a five thirty kickoff. Is it, it right? Is, yeah. Yeah, in that sense, then, Dave and I will be back on probably Thursday, Dave. Shall we say yeah, Thursday? Yeah, we'll do it day earlier. Yeah, we'll do it day earlier. So it'll be there, it will be it's Thursday night. We'll have to do a bit of a voiceover. Um, so we'll be back with you on Thursday looking ahead to that Brighton game. So stick with us and we will speak to you then. Take care in the meantime. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast. Until next time.